All of the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in keywords. And for the segment, we're joined by Adam. Good morning. Hello. Happy hump day. Oh, it is a Wednesday. Huh? Yeah. Good morning you've, to you've you. You've lost track. A little bit. <laughs> Sometimes I like blurring that line just yeah. to power through the week, like it's any other that's day. A, that's actually a good uh, mindset yeah. to have. I might, uh, well, actually, no, I do that a lot, actually, yeah. Yeah, already. <laughs> so, yeah. The perks of being part of a live show every morning, right? We yeah. remind our listeners what day of the week it is but mm. we tend to forget i know <laughs> moving on moving on <laughs> all right as always we're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for you this morning and here's our first pick of the day more in-person classes. So the Korean government is coming up with plans to slowly return to normal life with its so-called with corona scheme. Schools are also part of the plan with the mm. aim of getting more students back into the classroom and maybe alleviate the tensions for working parents mm. and ensure that kind of that educational gap is mm. well filled quickly. What's the latest? Yeah, the education ministry eyes having almost all students back in their classrooms within this year. Mm. Uh, the Education Minister Yoon Hae said her ministry is drawing up detailed plans in order to achieve that goal. Uh, this comes as the KDCA actually believes the country can start its uh, with corona phase from November 11th. So it has kind of set a date to target there. Okay. More students are already actually going back to in-person classes. The mm. average rate of attendance from September 6th to 30th was nearly 79% mm. across the country. Mm. That is a 5.6% drop uh, jump rather, mm-hmm. excuse me, from the first half of the year. Mm. Now, attendances were still lower in the capital region with an average of just over 65% compared to more than 90% for the rest of the country. So the the major uh, homework mm. here is for the capital region uh, at the moment. Right. It's still relatively low in terms of the in-person classes. Because of our level four restrictions. Right, exactly. The social distancing measures are, of course, much stricter here. Uh, with a fourth wave, of course, still lingering, there are concerns over rising infections at schools that still remains uh, quite a concern among a lot of parents as well Mm. however the ministry says confirmed patients for every 100,000 students appear to be lower than the figures among adults Mm. it noted that only three severely ill cases have been reported so far from those aged 12 to 17 with no deaths Mm. reported Mm. and of course vaccinations for that group is also uh, accelerating as well Mm. as is the rate uh, vaccination rate for people in their 20s that's also expected to rise so more in-person classes for college uh, and university students are also expected as well. All right. uh, Moving on to our second keyword of the day. Vaccine donation. In trying to address vaccine inequity and ensuring at least some of those vaccine supplies don't go to waste, Mm. amid growing calls for, again, richer countries to share vaccines with perhaps nations that lack access to it, Korea is set to donate vaccine doses to Vietnam and Thailand, Mm. namely. Run us through the details. Yeah, the foreign ministry says the decision was made after considering the country's high vaccination rate Mm -hmm. and current stockpiles. So it has, uh, apparently, according to the government, enough to inoculate its own people as well as donate these doses. Uh, the country's full vaccination rate is at about 60% and climbing, so uh, they do have a point there. Uh, Korea has shipped 1.1 million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine to Vietnam. 470,000 doses have been sent to Thailand. Both shipments are actually expected to arrive today. Uh, it is the first direct provision of vaccines from Korea to a foreign nation, uh, but Seoul has given financial support to this COVAX facility, which is the WHO 
Kyoto's vaccine-sharing mechanism, uh, to which it has pledged $200 million to supply vaccines to lower-income countries. That hasn't really been met in a timely fashion, though. I mean, isn't that part of the criticism, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, Now, the donation to Vietnam comes after the uh, Korea-Vietnam summit, in fact, in Mm -hmm, September. mm -hmm. That happened on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly. During that summit, Seoul promised to provide more than one million vaccine doses to Hanoi, so Mm. they kept their promise there. Uh, The Vietnamese uh, Prime Minister, Phan Minh Chin, thanked Korea for the donation during uh, during a meeting with Korea's ambassador to Vietnam, Pak Noan. Uh, He also suggested the two sides consider the early resumption of commercial flights between Mm. the two countries as well and recognition of each other's vaccine passports. Uh, And Mm. Korea and Thailand, meanwhile, decided to seek vaccine cooperation when Korea's foreign minister made an official visit in August. Mm. And the government has been closely discussing with both nations, in fact, ways to safely provide vaccines Mm. and also to properly inoculate people in those countries, including Korean residents, because, Mm. of course, there is a large Korean community in those two countries, Mm. especially in Thailand. There's like 400 Korean firms as well, Mm. uh, with a lot of employees and workers there. So Mm. it's not just for the sake of giving and donating and Mm. all this um, sharing of vaccines, but also, in fact, it's a national interest as well, because they want to keep the Korean national safe in those countries. All right. Moving on to our third keyword of the day. Rate freeze. Korea's central bank has frozen its key interest rate, but it appears that a rate hike could come in November. I mean, mm. they did say it's going to happen within this calendar year. So, yeah. what's the latest? Well, considering this calendar year, there's only yeah. two months left of it. <laughs> that's, so that's a fair it's point. either November or December, so it's coming very soon. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I revisit the idea of how these dates become a blur. Right, uh, but the BOK yes has kept its base rate unchanged at uh, three quarters of a percent as expected, following a twenty-five basis point increase uh, in August. Uh, now, the government EGO strongly hinted that the BOK will raise rates next month. He noted concerns of worst financial imbalances, he called, growing mm. inflationary pressures, as well as solid recovery momentum as well. Mm. He also said borrowing costs were still well below a neutral rate for the economy and indicated that one hike by itself wasn't enough to deal with the the financial imbalances that are the main concern Mm -hmm. for the central bank. Mm -hmm. Now, the BOK has also hinted at tightening monetary policy as well to help curb the soaring household debt Mm -hmm. as well as the soaring consumer prices and property prices and everything that's going up, as you said, apart from our paychecks. Right. (laughs) (laughs) As the Federal Open Market Committee, uh, the FOMC, is scheduled for uh, early November in the United States and Korea is likely to make any decision after observing changes in the market following that meeting. Mm. And the BOK's next monetary policy meeting is scheduled for November 25th. So Mm. maybe during that time we could see... Highly likely see the a rate hike. A rate hike, yes. All right. Um, I mean, I guess the rate hike is expected. Are mm. are individual households ready for that change? I think mm. isn't that a different point of concern? Mm. Anyway, as you've said, it's scheduled for November twenty fifth. We'll yes. wait and see how it pans out. Mm-hmm. On to our fourth keyword of the day. Inflation woes. Inflation is also becoming a global concern, the big I word that we try to avoid for quite some time. But at this mm. point, it's kind of inevitable, right? It's popping up all over the place, isn't it? It, it goes simply grocery shopping, and it's clearly evident. Right. So yeah. with the rise in prices, particularly of oil and raw materials, what mm. are some of the consequences that we're fearing at this moment? Yeah, the price of uh, U.S. crude oil that hit a fresh uh, seven-year high on mm. Monday of more than 82 uh, 
$1,000 a barrel at one point. Mm. And oil prices have actually climbed more than 16% since the start of September. So it has, certainly has been rising. This mm. was encouraged by a global economic rebound and a shortage of natural gas that has actually increased demand for other energy sources. Mm. And of course, the price of natural gas as well has mm. also uh, risen. Um, this has affected stock markets around the world. They've taken a hit due to these inflation woes. Uh, the rising prices are fueling bets that major central banks will also tighten monetary policy sooner rather than later, the Bank of Korea being one of them as well, as mm. well as the US Fed. Um, South Korean shares uh, actually hit their lowest level in more than nine months on Tuesday as well. Uh, investors also remain cautious ahead of the, the US corporate earnings season as well. So they're very much uh, waiting and seeing uh, uh, at the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the foreign exchange rate is also um, very concerning at the moment. The one uh, declined to a 14-month low as well. It hovered around the 1201 per dollar mark uh, on Tuesday, just under it, uh, which is the highest uh, mm. amount of one against the greenback in uh, a very long time. So, mm. of course, um, that'll affect imports and exports, exactly. trading. Right. And, of course, that will have repercussions on the economy as uh, economics right. go <laughs> as a basic it's of a economics chain reaction go. of stuff yes speaking of that chain reaction here's our fifth keyword of the day record sales lower profit which makes no sense to you in the first glance right? <laughs> right lg electronics is expected to report its highest ever quarterly sales in the third quarter of this year but a sharply lower operating profit mm. what's the context yeah very uh, peculiar circumstance sure. lg has announced uh, 18.7 trillion won in estimated revenue and 540.7 billion won in estimated operating profits now the revenue exceeded a previous record set in the second quarter quarter of this year and is also an increase of 22% from a year earlier. The firm's uh, operating profit, however, is a 49.6% drop from a, ne- a year earlier, so it's nearly half. Mm. And compared to the previous quarter, when the firm logs at 1.1 trillion won, mm. the figure is actually more than 51% lower, so it's more than half of mm. a cut. Uh, LG attributed the plunge to a total of 480 billion won that was set aside to cover the costs of the recall of General Motors' Chevrolet Bolt electric vehicle in the US. Mm. What is a US car company got right. to do with LG? Well, the company LG was the supplier of battery modules mm. uh, to the US automaker, while LG Energy Solution provided the battery cells. So mm. it was very much involved in the manufacturing process. And of course, if they get recalled, mm. then it will have repercussions on the company uh, LG as well. Mm. Uh, and the L- uh, LG has already set aside 234 billion won in provision for the recall in the second quarter of this year. So that's obviously... Uh, been calculated into the third quarter operating profit figures as well. And analysts forecast the reported sales to have largely come from um, strong sales of premium home appliances and TVs. So that's kind of where the most of the revenue is coming mm. and the record sales are coming. Because um, we're staying more indoors and at home and we need to right. upgrade our gadgets essentially. That's right. And uh, LG, uh, this is no advert right. for LG, but uh, mm. since they've gone away, did away with their mobile division, they right. certainly have been concentrating a lot more on their home appliances and TVs. The OLED TVs are, of course, uh, very well known. Uh, Market watchers expect home appliances alone to have actually made more than 6 trillion won in sales and operating profits of more than 500 billion won as well. So Mm. they're kind of certainly focusing on that side of the market. Does that do it? Does that summarize record sales, lower profits? (laughs) All right, on to our last keyword of the day. 
invincible military. According to North Korean mm. media outlets anyway, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has vowed to build an invincible military while accusing the United States of stoking tensions on the peninsula. This points to another possible roadblock in mm. diplomacy with the North and getting to that discussion table after all. Yeah, so uh, another yeah. Just a certain, uh, circumstance of mixed rhetoric from mm. the North Korean leader. Sometimes he plays good cop and then he plays bad cop again. Yeah. Uh, but this time it seems to be bad cop. Uh, Kim Jong-un, he was surrounded by missiles and giant portraits of himself in military uniform uh, as he addressed officials at this rare defense exhibition and he called for the strengthening of his regime's military capabilities to counter what he insists are hostile forces against the North. Mm. Uh, He said the aim of his country's military was not actually to target South Korea and he accused the United States of creating tension with wrong decisions and actions. Mm. It's his uh, apparent continued effort to try and uh, drive a wedge between Seoul and Washington Right. So they kind of pressure each other uh, with different agendas. But uh, Kim also accused Seoul, actually, of what he called reckless ambition and a two-faced or double-standard illogical attitude. Mm. Uh, And Kim said his country's most important objective was possessing uh, an invincible military capability that no one would dare challenge. So So they're highlighting the fact that it's more defensive in nature, right? right? And calling out perhaps South Korea and the U.S.'s ambitions to, again, uh, amp up our defense systems, too. Yeah, so the wording he actually used was right. he wasn't actually trying to target South Korea or the U.S. for that matter, right. but it was uh, more of a target of war itself was mm. the words that he kind of used uh, during this um, exhibition. But that's been a rhetoric that North Korea has been using for quite a while. They've always been adamant and insisting that they're defensive in nature or their nuclear weapons programs as well mm-hmm. are all defensive mm. against what they're calling the, the U.S. Hosti- uh, hostility. Mm. Um, so it's always this back and forth mm. uh, of rhetoric that's been going on and mm. no real progress on the talks itself. All right. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. We'll see you very again welcome. tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.